Hi everybody, this is your cousin Brucey, and you are listening to TV Confidential. And now, not confidential, here's Cousin Ed. Ed Roberts along with our guest Gary Girani. Gary is with us via Zoom. Gary provides commentary for the new Blu-ray release of Dark Intruder. Dark Intruder, a theatrical release from 1965 that was originally made as a pilot for a possible network TV series called The Black Cloak. Dark Intruder stars Leslie Nielsen as an investigator specializing in the occult circa San Francisco 1890 who helps the police solve a series of murders in which a mystical statue is left behind at the scene of each crime. Dark Intruder also features Peter Mark Richmond, Werner Klemper, Von Taylor, and other familiar faces, plus an original score by Lalo Schifrin. Other extra features on the Dark Intruder Blu-ray release include an interview with Mike Westmore, the son of legendary universal makeup artist Bud Westmore. Dark Intruder now available on Blu-ray through our friends at Kino Lorber. Gary Girani also is the producer and director of Romantic Mysticism, an upcoming documentary about the life and career of Billy Goldenberg. Before we went to break, Gary was telling us how Billy's score for Ransom for a Dead Man, the second TV movie starring Peter Falk as Columbo and the pilot for the eventual Columbo series, in many respects, embodies the whole idea of romantic mysticism and how elements of the score for Ransom for Dead Man were often repurposed in many other universal TV projects, sometimes by Billy Goldenberg himself. As we pick up the conversation... In Murder by the Book, which was the first 90-minute Columbo, technically the first mystery movie Columbo, that's the one that Steven Spielberg directed. Mm -hmm. And, of course, Billy Goldenberg was Steven Spielberg's composer before John Williams became Steven Spielberg's composer. Billy did just about everything that Steven did for television, including Steven Spielberg's first film, Night Gallery, and the other films, Duel, you know, all of these things Billy scored. So they were a team. Uh, And when it came to Columbo, since Billy's score for Ransom for a Dead Man launched the series, and then they wanted, okay, now we're going to do episodes... The very first one, Steven Spielberg, you know, directed, and Billy did the score for. And if you watch that episode, (laughs) there is a scene uh, in a restaurant, and you will, as Jack Cassidy is kind of doing his thing, you'll hear in the background the Ransom for a Dead Man scene, along with the Red Sky at Morning theme, all played on piano. So, yeah. I will look for both of those next In the McLeod you're mentioning, I think in that episode earlier, there's a Red, and you will hear other Billy themes being played in the background yeah. just keep your ear out for that i will i will definitely keep my ear out for ransom of the dead man in the murder by the book episode of columbo definitely, definitely watch it's a great episode oh yeah it, it's my favorite columbo yeah uh, out of all of them and it's so it's so it's got a wonderful brand new score by billy for that as well but they reference the uh, Ransom very, very briefly, uh, distantly on the piano, which is kind of cool. Gary Girani is with us via Zoom. Gary Girani, sci-fi screenwriter, sci-fi and fantasy film historian, author of such books as Fantastic Television. Fantastic Television. That's the first time shows like Star Trek and The Twilight Zone and The Outer Limits and all those things were between two covers. So that was what I did that was kind of, I guess you could call, groundbreaking that it was the first book on that subject. I have written books on horror movies. I wrote top 100 horror movies and I've, I've 
done things like that. Plus, I also want to mention, even though sci-fi and horror, that kind of stuff is, is my meat and what I've always loved, mm -hmm. I, I also indulge in stuff that has nothing to do with sci-fi and horror. I co-wrote a screenplay um, two years ago called Trading Paint, which became a John Travolta movie, and that was a racing car story. So, <laughs> with no creatures or monsters, uh, you know, in the in, in the mix. Yes, and plus... So occasionally, I do venture out of my comfort zone. Well, you... Uh, well, or or you create other comfort zones. I mean, you were involved. You were <laughs> right. you were involved with tops trading cards for many many years, and you did oh, you did God, all sorts yeah. of series of trading cards that had nothing to do with horror movies. You know, they're they're just no no no. But with 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 the top stuff, it was all so wild and bizarre. It, you know, in a way, it tapped into the same crazy sensibilities that people love horror movies because it was wacky and nutty and subversive and <laughs> plus we use some of the greatest artists out there to, to do a lot of our products so they were they were fun god i i've i've, I've written edited and art directed hundreds and hundreds of trading card sets for tops and created uh, candy containers and books and magazines I, you know it's a half a century of of creating things for them so Wow. I'm trying to put all that together in my creative memoirs. Just remembering all of the hundreds of things I've done for Tops is kind of tough. Uh, but I'm working on that. I figure, let me just get that down just so I could remember everything I did. So are you saying you have, in addition to your upcoming uh, documentary on Billy, you're working on a memoir of your career? Yeah, yeah. I, I, it's tends to be called the Card King Chronicles, and it's half a century of writing, editing, and art directing pocket-sized Americana. And uh, and again, it's not just trading cards. It really, I mean, the, the, when I started jumping back, I said, oh my God, I, I forgot I did this, I did this. See, I was on staff at Tops uh, since the early 70s. I was still in college, but I eventually just became my regular job. And if you're there nine to five in a creative department, they're not going to have you twiddling your thumbs. You're going to be working on creative projects. And not only did they hit you with everything in the world, it was a fantastic education. I learned how to uh, do storyboards. I, I mean, everything. I wound up doing storyboards with some of their TV commercials. It, it, all areas of creativity, the whole Tops experience was invaluable. And like I say, if you're there every day, they're going to have you working on something. A lot of things we worked on never saw the light of day. That's one of the other things I'm trying to do in the Card King Chronicles, not only reviewing the hundreds of things that we actually did, uh, but then there were the tons of projects that we developed that never saw the light of day. Uh, I had tried to do a sequel to Mars Attacks back in the 70s when I first started at Tops. I had something called the Colossals that I created, which were going to be Lovecraftian monsters taking over the world, a painted series of that sort, which I did drawings of, which, you know, never, never quite happened. So there are all of this, all of these interesting projects uh, that did happen and that didn't happen over at Tops. One of my creative careers, I guess I have a few different ads, creating children's products and, and, and pop culture products like that. Uh, is one career being a screenwriter with Pumpkinhead and these other, you know, and then being a film historian because I love movies and writing these books and, and things. So I'm a very lucky, fortunate fellow because I was able to uh, do with my life the things I wanted to do. Uh, I was able to write fiction, nonfiction, and, and have a hell of a lot of fun along the way. So I consider myself a very lucky 
Well, we're very lucky to have Gary uh, Girani spend a few minutes of his day with us. Uh, we will look for Gary's uh, memoir, of The Card King Chronicles, uh, when it is re- when it is finished, when it finds well, a home. That'll be a little down the line. Yeah. Well, when, when right we... now you can you can look for The Dark Intruder and The Fear No Evil. Those are readily available. And I've got a book that just that was just published uh, uh, called The Art of Joe Smith, uh, which uh, I just got my first copy of. I guess they'll be coming through. The copies will be coming through in the next. Joe Smith was a gr- was the great Hollywood poster painter who gave the world the earthquake poster and the Ben Hur poster chiseled in stone letters. He and I also, like Billy, became good friends. So I wrote this this book about him, and uh, you know, so that's that's another little project of mine. That's we, about- we we will look for the art of Joe Smith as well, and we will look for uh, the release of Romantic Mysticism, the music of Billy Goldenberg, which which if all goes well, will be released later in 2021. Dark Intruder Blu-ray release featuring commentary by Gary Girani, available through Kino Lorber, wherever Blu-rays are found. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Uh, you mentioned Pumpkinhead. You wrote the screenplay for Pumpkinhead. Pumpkinhead, I understand, was inspired by a classic episode of Thriller starring Harry Towns called The Cheaters. No. Okay. No, exactly. <laughs> uh, that is a great episode, yeah. The Cheaters. Uh, matter of fact, I did a commentary for The Cheaters on the Thriller DVD. Uh, but no, if I had to say what episode yeah, Pumpkinhead, uh, you know, kind of connects to it would probably be the hollow watcher uh and la strega which involved a witch actually what it resembles more than anything <laughs> what, did, what did we what did we borrow from okay um a lot of a lot of uh, uh uh respect here for earl hamner jr the creator of the waltons who i did become friendly with and uh, he had written an episode of The Twilight Zone, an hour episode called Jezebel. Uh, with which James Best. A, yeah, Anne Francis is yeah. this woman who, to, to get the man she loves, goes to this old witch, the way Ed Harley and Pumpkinhead goes to the old witch to get what he wants. And unfortunately, then that character is like doomed for the rest of the story. Watch out what you wish for. Uh, and there were a lot of the flavors of Jezebel because, I, because we wanted that country feel we wanted that that whole kind of kind of thing so yeah the, if any episode from a classic anthology from that period was an influence i would say it was it was jezebel matter of fact i approached earl to uh he had written a little song for jezebel uh and, and i approached him to do the to do the ballad of ed harley for us and he laughed and i'd love to do it i i just don't have it anymore. <laughs> but he appreciated it. He, he, he liked the fact that we enjoyed his work so much that we were inspired on a certain level. Um, <laughs> you, hey, if you got to steal, steal from the best. You, that that is, yes. Yeah. Well, look, that, that is the rule of thumb that has, that has been carried on for various, various centuries. And if you're going to steal from the best, it's also okay to crib from yourself once in a while, although as Roy Huggins says, if you're going to crib from yourself, uh, do it every seven years. <laughs> <laughs> That's a great line. Yes, yes. <laughs> I agree with that. Um, I, I, I have to ask, uh, because one of the other uh, screenplays that uh, you're known for is you wrote the screenplay for Vampirella uh, for Roger Corman. Now, mm-hmm. 
Corman, we've had a couple of conversations uh, about Corman on our program. Corman, I understand, was known for shooting everything in one take. Did did you have to? <laughs> did you have to? T- did, when you wrote the script, now writing for the screen is totally different than producing for the screen. But when you wrote for Corman, did you write with keeping one take in mind, or did you you know divorce yourself of all that? And just tell the best story you could tell. Well, when I first wrote the Vampirella screenplay, um, Roger Corman, to the best of my knowledge, wasn't even involved. That screenplay went around, got great reader reports, uh, and Tim Burton really liked it and was going to do it. I'm not quite sure what happened there, but it eventually wound up with Roger. And Roger uh, uh, was on record as uh, really, really liking the script. Now, Roger Corman didn't direct the film. It was it was directed by uh, by Jim Wynorski. And uh, when I wrote the script, and, and Jim loved the script too, everybody loved it, it was a bigger, it was a real movie. I mean, it had, <laughs> it had bigger set pieces. I had, there, there were uh, chase sequences. Uh, the bats were were zooming through hallways like Star Wars spaceships. I mean, it was it was an exciting action-adventure horror film. Uh, and unfortunately, when it became, it wound up sort of becoming more like a, I guess it became a kind of cheesy little TV pilot, ultimately, uh, you know, a made-for-TV movie that was sort of functioning as a pilot. And so they filmed my script, but all of those set pieces had to be reworked. I had to reimagine everything. Uh, the original climax to the film uh, took place in, in a museum and a planetarium where her adversary was Dracula, who also came from her own planet. You'd have to know the whole mythology of Vampirella. Uh, vampirism comes from the stars in, in that original comic book. So it was an idea that that Dracula had come from this planet of vampires years ago to Earth, took the name of his home world, Draculon, and Vampirella also came from that world, but it was good and evil fighting on Earth now. Uh, so I had this exciting climax in, uh, in, in this museum, and they were hurling planet reproductions at each other, and all these things were going on. And of course, that all had to be changed. Essentially, Jim said just... You know, we're gonna we're gonna film on the dam here. You know, and the famous uh, Hoover Dam, whatever. And uh, pretty much, give me the end of Scars of Dracula, where the lightning. Goes, but but we've seen Scars of Dracula. <laughs> so welcome to Hollywood, folks. Um, uh, and of course, you as a screenwriter get the blame. I mean, you know, you you try to do what you can to. Um, I, I still feel in Vampirella uh, as kind of anemic as the final product might have been that there are elements through it, uh, characterization and, and, and thematics that still resonate pretty well. Uh, but again, if the production is that limited, my God, those bat transformations. Oh, <laughs> uh, what can one say? What can one say? <laughs> Gary Gerani provides commentary for the Blu-ray release of Dark Intruder, Dark Intruder, a pilot for a possible TV series called The Black Cloak uh, that uh, was released uh, theatrically in 1965. Dark Intruder, now available on Blu-ray through Kino Lorber. Uh, Gary's book, The Art of Joe Smith, coming soon, as is the release of Gary's upcoming documentary, 
romantic mysticism, the music of Billy Goldenberg. Where can people find you, Gary, if they want to if they want to reach out and contact you? Oh, I'm on Facebook. Very easy to do. Just go there and uh, send me a message if you want to get in touch for any particular interesting reason, and uh, I usually respond. Gary, it's always fun to talk to you. I look forward to your next visit. Great, great. This has been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Got about a minute left in this segment. Enough time to tell you that Rowan and Martin's Laughing the Complete series is now available at retail for the very first time from our friends at Time Life. All 140 episodes of the series digitally remastered 89 of these episodes have never been available in stores before. Rona Martin's Laughing, the complete series, available at Amazon.com and wherever DVDs are sold. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. You can now listen to TV Confidential on your smart speaker by just saying, Alexa, play TV Confidential. Enabling our Alexa skill is easy. To find out how... Go to televisionconfidential.com slash Alexa. Hello, this is Robert Wagner, and you are listening to TV Confidential. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, revised 3rd edition. The complete history of the Rockford Files on television, now completely updated with more than 20 new interviews, additional photographs, and a whole lot more. 45 Years of the Rockford Files, available now at rockford45.com rockford45.com. This portion of TV Confidential is sponsored by Uber. Enter the promo code TV Confidential, all one word, when you download the app at get.uber.com slash go slash TV Confidential, and you'll receive a free first ride up to $20. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk at tvconfidential.net, talk at tvconfidential.net. You can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential, x.com forward slash tvconfidential, or at TV Confidential on Instagram. And if you're listening to us on the TV Confidential podcast, please be sure to hit the subscribe button. This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.